This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada as it prepares to legalize and regulate recreational cannabis across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, another episode of Turning a New Leaf. We're another week closer to legalization. October 17th is fast approaching. And today's guest is Patrick Sullivan. I can call you Pat. You can call me whatever you'd like, Sean. <laughs> Be careful with that. Oh, sorry. Pat is the president and CEO of the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. And a little bit more about Pat. He's been the general manager and president for both startups and large organizations, including Indigo.ca, Workopolis.com, and most recently, Tourism Nova Scotia, which is where Pat and I met a few years back. Uh, Pat's also worked for Procter & Gamble, McCain Food Limited, Moosehead Breweries Limited, and Upper Canada Brewing Company, specializing in marketing and digital marketing. You got a bit of a beer background. I just, literally, as I said that, Pat was sipping on a beer, so that was kind of timely. <laughs> Uh, Pat is a big runner, has enjoyed running uh, half uh, marathons and marathons, and in October of 2011 completed a 250-kilometer run across the Sahara Desert. This run helped raise over $100,000 for the National Advertising Benevolent Association, or NABS, which is, of course is an association that I'm quite familiar with being in the advertising industry, and holds a Bachelor of Business, a, a Bachelor of Business Administration from Mount St. Vincent University. So, Pat... Welcome. Thank you, Sean. Nice to be here. Good to have you on the show. Uh, you know, it only occurred to me recently uh, when I sit back and I think about, you know, who can we talk to about this topic? And as you know, part of the agenda with the show is to get is to get different perspectives. Who is thinking about this in a way that maybe others aren't? And um, it occurred to me recently that uh, for some reason, the Chamber of Commerce, and I think it might have had something to do with the event that you held recently. We'll talk more about that recently in, in, a, minute, in a few minutes. Uh, and what role the Chamber plays in all of this. And, and that got me to you. So I kind of want to just start this off by just, I, I'm just wondering what you think of all this. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned the Chamber of Commerce. Um, the Chamber of Commerce is an organization made up of, in Halifax, over 1,600 businesses. 83% of those businesses are small businesses. Mm -hmm. And I suppose one could argue that cannabis has always been a small business. <laughs> Um, or true. maybe maybe run by a large number of small businesses, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I think that's what's going to happen moving forward. So you know, small businesses are interested in what this means for their employees. They're also interested in what the opportunity is, mm -hmm. and it's a pretty significant opportunity. I mean, we are a country of 35 million people who are going to have the opportunity to participate in a in a substance which has been illegal for a very long time. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some business opportunities that go along with that. Yeah. I mean, did you ever imagine, even when you, how long ago did you become the CEO of the chamber? Oh, two and a half years now. And two and a half years ago, I don't think we were talking about this. I don't think we were. So, I think it was an election promise at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So as you sit back and think about this now, you know, do you, it, does it surprise you at all? I mean, here, this is what we're doing now. We're talking about cannabis and small business. This is happening. 
Well, uh, yeah, it does surprise me. I mean, you you mentioned you know that we're now a few short weeks away, uh, but I think there's still an awful lot of unanswered questions mm. about how it's going to work, how many people are actually going to participate, how it's going to be distributed. Um, there's still an awful lot of unanswered questions. And I, and I think small businesses are very curious about that. I think consumers are still very curious about it. Yeah. I mean, the city we live in, Halifax, just passed a number of laws on where you can actually consume the product yeah. over the last little while. So there's a lot of change that's still happening uh, and still, I suppose, much change yet to come. Yeah. And I don't think anybody really knows you know, how much change is yet to come. I mean, when we started this, we didn't know half of the conversations we'd be having now. Um, and, and that makes me wonder even about you at the chamber. And there's two ways I kind of want to talk about this. And one way is, you know, um, there's the chamber itself and what have you had to manage inside there with your staff and your employees. And then the chamber as a voice, I guess, for um, the questions um, that, that small businesses must have. So has it, has it yet had any impact on you guys? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say it's had significant impact on us other than um, people are asking us questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we did an event um, a couple of months ago, as you as you mentioned. Um, we actually planned to do two events. So yeah. we, we saw that event as the first event. Um, that happened in July. We think there'll be a place for another event, maybe December, maybe January, a couple of months after um, legislation, or actually after the product uh, legalization, is legalization yeah. takes place, yeah. um, because we think there'll be a host of changes between July uh, and January, if we can use that as an example. So, you know, I think there's a there's an awful lot of change that's going on. No, I mean, I don't think we have questions. I have questions. Yeah. Um, you know, someone <laughs> asked me the other day, uh, well, you know, you have perhaps can have alcohol uh, at an event. Yeah. Um, and will you have cannabis yeah. moving forward? Or or even you can have a beer or you may allow your staff, and I, I don't know that we encourage this, but, <laughs> but if our staff are going to have a beer at lunch, um, you know, with a sponsor or whatever it happens to be, yeah. will they be allowed to have cannabis at mm-hmm. lunch? Uh, moving forward, and you know, I mean, these are still these are great questions because I don't know that don't I, have I, I have yet. an opinion, but I don't know that I have the answer well, what's yet. Your, what's your opinion? I think my opinion, based on what I know now, and you may tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, my opinion is that I would prefer that they did not have right. it um, if they're going to have a motorized vehicle, and I think that's just. At this point, because it's new, sure. you know, someone yeah. may understand the impact that a glass of wine, you know, or a, a twelve-ounce mm. bottle of beer has on them. But I don't think anybody understands yeah. um, what cannabis or a particular variety of cannabis is going to have on them if they have it at lunch, yeah, uh, and and then get behind the wheel. So that's just probably a bad idea. Let's you know, let's not yeah, encourage. Let's that. not go there, right? Yeah, and, and what about the events? Because uh, that was uh, something I did want to ask you. I mean, I've been to many chamber events. There's usually wine, you know, you know, uh, beer, whatever. I, I hadn't even considered that, <laughs> and maybe there will be a day where cannabis is served in some form at the event. But um, until that day. What do you do or have you considered what needs to be done about those that'll step outside, you know, and and, and and who knows, maybe they're already doing that. But 
Well, I mean, it may not come as a surprise to any of your listeners that we have more people attend our events when there's alcohol available. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I think uh, I'm guilty of that too. It, yeah. it, we all may be, I suppose. Yeah. So, you know, if there's a, if there's a glass of wine, of course, accompanied by food or a beer, uh, then uh, then you know people may attend an event. Yeah. You know, I, it, the products will be legal uh, on October 17th. Um, I don't know that. Given the way the product is often consumed, um, and that's you know through smoking, yeah. it's not going to really be an issue inside an event because you can't sure. smoke inside an event. But if someone goes outside to participate in a legal substance, I mean, frankly, who am I? Yeah, what do you to, do? Uh, to to say you can't come back in? I mean, frankly, it's up to them so long as they're following the rules of the establishment and in this city, the rules <laughs> on where they can smoke yeah. um, around a public building. You know, I mean. Good for them. Yeah, and 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 again, what's to say that's not already happening? I mean, well, who, it, who knows? Yeah, it, it may not be happening during the daylight, but it but it yeah. you know it it's probably already happening. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I try to imagine a day where where you know you you go into the event and not just your events, but now that we're talking about it, almost any event where. You know, this table has got the wine, this table's got the beer, and this table's got the cannabis. Well, I I, I don't know it's as much an issue today. It'll yeah. likely be a bigger issue a year from now when edibles are available. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have the dessert table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. the dessert table has cookies and brownies and, yeah. and, and whatever else. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think that's going to be the interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I again, I, I don't think anybody has any idea. Now, they may have ideas, you know, in, in Colorado on on how this is uh, how this is unfolding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but certainly I don't think anybody in Canada has any of those ideas yet. Yeah. You know, it's funny looking at your background. You worked at some pretty big places and I look at Indigo and Workopolis and I mean, have you sat back and thought about what they must be going through? Like, I mean, you you have to navigate this now for the chamber. And and in my head, and this is, we'll get into this, uh, you know, there, I think there's two versions of that. There's the, I've got my staff and my organization, and then we've got the businesses that we uh, represent, I guess, to some degree. Um, have you sat back and thought, oh man, I wonder what the guys back at Indigo are, are, are thinking? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Uh- that's what the small businesses are saying to us at the chamber. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, what's going to happen? You know, can my employee mm-hmm. have cannabis and then come to work? Or, you know, can an employee have it at lunch and then come back to work? I mean, what are the rules? Yeah. And I think at this point, everything we're hearing is, look, if you've got rules for alcohol, then, you know, those are likely the same rules that you would enforce. Sure. If you have heavy machinery, yeah. then frankly, no one's going to be able to have, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. to have whether it's cannabis or alcohol. Yeah. If someone has a, you know, has cannabis at lunch and then heads back to their desk, then, you know, I think it's up to the organization. But I suspect there will be a lot of organizations that will put many, many more rules in place sure. in the next six months. You know, I think back to my time in the beer business. In the early 90s, when yeah. I first started in the beer business, the workers on the line were drinking beer. Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's just what you did. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. You know, so it, it's a different time now. Yeah. Those workers in a plant environment, I can assure you, at virtually any brewery that I know of, are not drinking on the job. Yeah. You know, it's heavy machinery. They don't want to lose a finger. They don't want to, they don't want to scald themselves, all of those kinds of things. Sure. And, and I think... I think you need to be careful with any any substance that can that can alter your state. Sure, I suppose around that kind of yeah. uh, that kind of product. Did any of that ever happen when you were at the brewery? Like people getting hurt, losing fingers, any of that? 
well, I I can't recall a time yeah. to be honest. Were you um, also drinking? Uh, I was I was in the marketing department. I was I was well. I, I shouldn't. You were say always it. drunk. I was I was yes. There was certainly drinking involved. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that it was part of the job, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a you know a bit of an added benefit um, that uh, that we could have a beer sure. and we could sample, you know, uh, yeah. folks. Uh, so no, I can't think of a time. But but I'll tell you when it it came to a close was uh, when um, truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, would say, well, if the plant workers are drinking, then oh, then why can't I drink? Right, and that was the end of it. Sure, <laughs> I bet know, it was as, as as it should be. Yeah, um, because and you know, and then they just received coupons and they would yeah. get their beer at the end of the week or end of the month, whatever it was at the at the NSLC yeah. or wherever it happened to be, um, and it it just it stopped. I remember uh, <clears throat> having worked with Moosehead over the years in 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 the agency world. I remember going through the brewery at a time when the bar, I, I don't know what the name of it was. It's the I, hospitality I, room. Yeah, that, okay, there it is. I the knew Alpine it was a, room. They called it something. Yeah, that's it, the <laughs> Alpine room, was open. And uh, we would go through the tour and we could go in there and have a drink or whatever. And it was just like this idea of it being a free-for-all. You just come in and grab a drink. Uh, and a few years later, I don't know what the years were um, by number, but a few years later we were back there again and shut it down. They shut it down. And it was really yeah. changed the, the, yeah. the culture. I, I can assure you. I mean, when we were sitting in there at our desks developing marketing plans, yeah. you weren't going out for a beer every you know yeah, every right. twenty minutes. It yeah. just it just wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can get old pretty fast. Sure. Um, but uh, but no, certainly beer beer was a little more available yeah. then than it uh, than it likely is now. It makes me wonder, you know, how long it will be before we're in a place where cannabis is that. Uh, I guess accepted or normal, um, and I don't. You know, after we've, I've had a lot of conversations with people about this. This idea that when do we get to that place of we'll call it, for lack of a better term, normalization of cannabis, where it's the same as going out uh, for a beer at lunch, and maybe it's twenty years, maybe it's fifteen years, but I, I, I feel like there will be eventually, eventually, be a time where uh, there'll be some normalcy to it. But on that note, I mean, I. We're at the very beginning of this, you know, which is still blows my mind, to be honest. Um, and as you sit at a, at a place whose role is to uh, help small businesses, have you yet had to deal with that from a small business perspective? Are people calling you and saying, what do we do here? We need help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, businesses are very confused yeah. about what they can do, it's what they work. can't do, um, the rules, um, you know, whether there are tests, whether they're allowed to test their oh, employees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I will say that we're not providing that specific advice. We have yeah. 1,600 members, some of whom are in the business of providing advice. So we refer mm. those questions off to those folks. So you can provide the resources. We can provide the resources. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the, the event that we had a while ago, um, you know, we had we were very surprised. Actually, we expected seventy five or eighty people. We had over three hundred and twenty five people show up yeah. uh, for the uh, for the event, and I think that talks to the curiosity yeah. uh, that people have about what's what's happening and what the rules are. Yeah, um, you know, I. I equate it, and perhaps I shouldn't, but I do equate it a bit to alcohol, yeah. and think you know if you're if you're 
you know, if you wouldn't do this with alcohol, then you're unlikely to do it with uh, with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I think of it. But again, I don't know that that's how everyone would think of it. Well, it's a good point. I mean, because there's nothing else to compare it to. There, there really is. It is a, you know, a, you know, what's the right word? I mean, it's a, it's a, a substance, you know, yeah. much, much like alcohol. And I suppose tobacco. I mean, it's a regulated substance. Yeah. Um, soon, and to a, soon to be. Soon to be. Soon yeah. to be. Very good point. Yes, not yet. Uh, but soon to be a regulated substance. And, yeah. and you know, it will have, the you know, it's best to compare it, I think, at this point yeah. to those, those particular products. I often make the comparison... Um, once you understand how you can use uh, cannabis and the various strains and, and effects that they can have, I often use the analogy of, of choosing wine. Right. You know, so you got your whites and your whites, and those have different effects on you, and then you can have a bottle or half a bottle or whatever. And and it's once you understand that you can use it that way, uh, I think it does sort of change your approach, you know. Uh, and eventually, I would imagine, so sometimes the alcohol comparison is the best one because right. there's nothing else that comes close to what this is. Um, well, as you say, maybe the wine comparison is a better comparison than just, you know, straight across the board alcohol. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, it's maybe. wine or fine scotch or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, is, it is like that. I mean, you you once again, once you understand all of the intricacies of of what it is and the effects it can have uh you can you can actually start to use it very intently which is different than what i think people think oh. you know you just buy weed you get high that's the end of it yeah you know it's it's we're starting to understand that there's more to it than that yeah you know? absolutely well i mean I, I i can't correct your wording but i mean i almost think of it more as intentionally yes. rather than intently you know i mean intentionally yes. you're going to you know perhaps it's this particular variety yeah um you know in the afternoon with a barbecue uh, yeah right and, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, fair and, enough yeah. and and this particular variety you know when i have my mother-in-law over uh, <laughs> That maybe that's the one that puts you to sleep. It's, uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I do love my mother-in-law. Yeah. I should. <laughs> yes, listen, we don't want to cut her up. No, she might listen no, no. to it. <laughs> so let's talk about that event. Sure. Um, I believe the official title was a cannabis conversation. What your business needs to know. Uh, it was the first event of its kind held, I think, in the city. Um, my sense was, and let's be honest. I mean, I, I moderated the, the panel discussion, which right. was a, uh, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, and there, as you said, there were hundreds of people that showed up for this event. I think it was a Wednesday. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a Wednesday morning. And um, I have a few questions about that. I mean, I, 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 first of all, kudos to you guys at the Chamber for, for making that happen and providing that forum for people because I think people need it. I mean, the only thing I've learned since doing this is that people need to feel comfortable talking about it. Right. And anytime, no matter what that forum is, whether it's this forum or, or the forum that you provided, it seems to be very helpful. I got the sense when talking to you and your folks that that there was some, and I could be very wrong about this, there was some pride in you guys putting this on. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce in Halifax has been around since 1750. Mm-hmm. So a really, really long time. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I suppose, you know, people would think of us as, you know, the establishment. And, yeah, you yeah. know, and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want them to think of us mm-hmm. that way. But mm-hmm. but sadly, I think they do because we, we you know, we stay current and, um, you know, we're, we're we're up to date on uh, certainly sure. you know what's going on in industry and and uh, small business and all those kinds of things but but yeah i think i think when people saw that the chamber of commerce was doing something there was a view that oh you know 
I guess this is really happening. Yeah. N- number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and number two, I'm probably going to get some good information here that I'll be able to use back at my office this very afternoon. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, people now see that this is obviously imminent uh, yeah. with October 17th, and even in July, it was is it was imminent in uh, in October. Uh, and I think people looked at it and they said, you know, this is a, a good opportunity for us to learn something. Um, we started out with just a luncheon. I mean, it was just going to be a luncheon, I yeah. think, when we started. And as we got into it, we found, well, there's just too much information here. Right. You know, we, we probably need to talk to the distributor. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the retailer. Yeah. So, you know, the NSLC in this case. Yeah. We need to talk to people who have some some interest and expertise. So you ended up, you know, hosting the panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to speak to people who had some medical experience. So we had people on the panel who had yeah. medical experience. Uh, so, there, you know, there was a lot to to deal with and, and unpack as we started to get into this. Um, and, hmm. you know, again... Things are changing. I mean, with the election of a new government in Ontario, the distribution method has completely changed in the last four weeks. I can't remember when it was, but in the last yeah. four weeks or so, that 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 distribution method has completely changed. Yeah, for Ontario, you for mean. Ontario yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, at this point, but you know that Ontario experiment, if I can say that, yeah. um, in the spring of next year, mm. is going to lead to significant change. I suspect again, right across the country. Well, it's all a bit of an experiment, isn't it? I mean, I love that you use that word because um, as I think about it, um, I used to think that each province having a different model was this uh, clusterfuck, frankly. Like it was like, oh my God, can't we just get this figured out? Yeah. But to be honest, my mind has changed on that a little bit because I think, you know, what better way to find out? Which model is the best, you know, have a, have them do, have all these different provinces uh, choosing to distribute in their own way, learn from each other and figure out what the best approach is. I think that I would be surprised if anybody in any province would say to you that the model that they've chosen to go with out of the gate will be where they end up a year from now. I I don't believe that's the case, for sure. I mean, I, I think for sure where they've started will not be where they where finish. They up, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that finishing is in a year or in two years mm-hmm. or in three years. Yeah, good point. I mean, what's going to happen with edibles? Yeah. You know, they're building stores to sell, yeah. a, you know, a cannabis product in little glass jars. Yeah. And, and as wonderful as that is, what happens when brownies and lollipops are out there? Yeah. You know, are they going to yeah. be, are they going to be the sole distributor for brownies and lollipops? I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think they've built a store. To that can that. to accommodate that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I no, mm. there's a lot of change mm. yet to come. I don't know that we needed to have ten experiments in ten provinces. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fair you know, enough. Yeah. Well, it could have could have probably been better to do five or six. Sure. I mean, Atlanta, Canada probably could have gotten together yeah. and done one. Yeah. Uh, but no, we we need to continue to do things the yeah. old way and and have four different systems. Mm-hmm. I. Um, you got me thinking about the edible thing now. And, and, you know, you mentioned lollipops. And so if I think about, I don't know why the edible thing is being delayed and, and the waiting. So I know, at least in Nova Scotia, you know, you're going to be able to buy pre-rolls. You're going to be able to buy capsules and oils as well as the dried plant. The edible thing is going to change the game on a number of levels. And the first one being like you mentioned lollipops, for example, I know that the reason there are so many restrictions on branding and and packaging is because you can't make it appealing to anybody. Right. Uh, well, candy 
you know, is appealing. So I, I guess I wonder, and I don't, we don't have the answer to this, but I'm just, you know, thinking ahead a bit, um, how edibles will be regulated, not in terms of, of dosing and all of that will be an issue, but what you can actually make. You know, so is it okay to make a brownie? I mean, everybody wants a brownie. Isn't that kind of like uh, desirable? <laughs> you know? And and a sucker? I mean, come on. You know, so I don't. I don't know. I mean, the edible thing, to your point, is going to really change things. I think. Oh, I think I think it really is. And and yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I've been a marketing guy for most of my career. Yeah. Um, I. I don't quite understand. I mean, you know, there, mm-hmm. if you look at President's Choice packaging, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have yellow label and they have, you know, PC brand and, and yep. those kinds of things. I mean, does this mean that the brownie needs to come in a yellow label uh, mm. and be simply called brownie? Yep. Um, but inevitably, you know, and to use grocery stores as an example, there will be differences between the brownie made at, you know, at, at, Loblaws sure. and the brownie made at Sobeys and the brownie made at Safeway yeah. or whatever the you know whatever the grocery store well, that, you know yeah. happens to be. Uh, so uh, you know, and I suspect at some point the reputation will be well, the brownie's better at overweighty. You yeah, know. Right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, when that when that happens, they're going to be looking to ship the overweighty brownies somewhere else. Yeah. So, no, I, I mean, I th- I think the reason edibles are are slow is uh, or yet to happen because yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's going to be hard. Yeah. And, you know, they say it's another year. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you think it'll be more? Well, I mean, they've they've frankly they've picked a date. Yeah. They've already delayed the the uh, the, the current cannabis product. Yeah. Uh, from the summer to uh, to October, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, mm. who's working on edibles right now? Oh, I think a lot of people. Are well, sorry. I, I th- <laughs> oh no, I think people on yeah. the manufacturing side and and yeah. you know on the consumer well consumer side, if we can call it that, are working on edibles. Yeah. But I don't know who in the government. Yeah, you is know, prepping it, for that. Is prepping for yeah. that. You know, so you know, as you said, dosing and you know what yeah. the right right ingredients are going to be. I mean, these are these are really open think, questions. Yeah, I think the dosing thing is probably the biggest issue. Um, um, but I, now I'm thinking about who makes them. You know, right. when you were talking about Sobies and and Loblaws, that's a good point. Like, who's going to make the brownies? Right. right? <laughs> Yeah. Dumpsters or dumpsters. Um, dumpsters. Dumpsters. <laughs> different. That's a whole different thing. It is, yeah. Maybe they'll call it dumpsters. It could be funny. <laughs> um, just getting back to your, your event for a second. Uh, you know, I mean, I was there and, you know, moderated the panel. But what I'm curious about from your perspective uh, was, do you think that people got out of that what they were hoping to get out of it? Or did it raise more questions? Um, I think they probably got, and, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. I think they probably got 75% of their questions answered. Oh, yeah. And, and I think there are still questions outstanding. Yeah. Um, and I think as time unfolds, there will be more questions. Oh, for sure. Which is why we think that, you know, there's there's lots of opportunity for these sessions along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, people... Getting seventy five percent of your questions, you know, they still they still want to know. Well, you know, is there a test? Yeah. You know, um, you know, is it is it legal for me to give that to my employees? Should I be giving it to my employees? Should yeah. I, should I be setting ground rules? Should I, you know, <clears throat> what should I be doing? Um, I think they got the answers to some of those mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. Uh, but when you know when somebody walks through the door uh, at work, um, having had cannabis at lunch or cannabis at three o'clock in the afternoon or yeah. whatever it happens to be, you know, 
the question is, well, what can I do about this now? Yeah. A- and I think those are questions that have yet to be answered. Right. Is there a theme to the questions you're getting? Like you mentioned a couple, but but are there, are there similar questions that seem to keep popping up? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, people are, are asking, you know, what their obligation is. Like, you know. As an do, employer? As employers. Yeah. So, you know, what do I need to do if I, if my employee comes in? After ingesting, mm-hmm. uh, if we can call it that, I don't know if it's ingesting. Anyway. That's what I say. Okay, I ingesting, <laughs> ingesting cannabis. Yeah. Um, you know, what are my obligations? Um, what what can I do? What can't I do? Uh, those are still the most frequent questions that we're yeah. getting, uh, and you know, we're referring them to people who have some expertise. Yeah. HR people are. I think we're getting more questions from HR people than from anybody else. Oh, really? You know, about policies and should I develop a policy and what will the policy look like? And um, the answer you know, is yes. The answer, yeah. the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> and the answer is, you know, you should really be starting on that now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, HR folks are the folks that we're hearing from most often. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they're the you ones know. that are, you know, in that space. Yeah. Uh, do you have the answers yet? Because, and the reason I'm asking this is because it's come up. And so I'm imagining someone listening to this and going, actually, yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that. Can I test people? Well, I, I don't know that I want to be quoted as the person with the, yeah. uh, you know, with the answers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I personally don't think you have to test people. I think you yeah. need to put a policy in place. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I think people should be, should readily admit whether they have taken the product or not, because in law, and I'm not a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> but 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 in law, um, you know, it's not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt if you're an employee versus an employer. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, so the employer perhaps sadly has the upper hand in this case. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So better for an employer to have a policy, mm. better for employees to ask for a policy. Yeah. Right. I mean, they should be saying, "Hey, I want a policy because I want to know how far I can go." Yeah. Where Where's the line? Right. Here? Where's yeah. the line? Let's yeah. you know. Let's be clear about where this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as an employee or an employer, I think you want a policy. Yeah, and I think, and and we haven't even gotten into the whole medicinal side. You know, right. you know, people that have prescriptions and and are using it as medication. And you know, I've had a little bit of experience with that. Um, and fortunately, it was all very positive. Uh, you know, that we, uh, I can tell you that at my agency, we've yet to develop a, a full-on policy. It's it's more of a. You know, we have clients in the space, so there's been a lot right. of discussion about it. Uh, we've been very, very open about it, and and fortunately, so have the employees who have used uh, for medicinal reasons yep. and and sort of wanted to come and say, look, I'm using this. And um, I think in my case, it was more of a it was it was taken on a case by case basis. Uh, you know, you look at you look at the employee if they're still able to do what they do if it's actually helping them and 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 in my circumstances it was very visibly helping um and so it was a good thing right. uh, that to me is very different than you know if two people go outside in the afternoon and they smoke a joint and come back and they can't do anything cuz they're looking for chips and 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 laughing uh now i have an issue right um but the problem with the case by case thing is is that you now have to deal with every single one of them on a case by case basis versus this is the way we approach this. I mean, we have a keg at the office and we don't open the keg until Fridays at four and yeah. unless there's special occasions, like it's there, but it's very clear to people how and why we use that. Right. So I guess we're trying to figure out what's what's our version of that for this. Well, and I and I think, you know, it's been in the workplace 
on a medicinal basis now for a few years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're a relatively small shop of, of 15 people. So I wouldn't want to breach confidentiality by, by saying <laughs> we have an employee. <clears throat> but I have a friend yeah. who has employees. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's probably fair to say that, uh, that, you know, the benefits have outweighed the downside, you know, on the, uh, on medicinal, on the medicinal yes. side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but again, you know, my friend does not, you know, have any heavy machinery operated yeah. in his office. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that, that can be different, but, you know, frankly, if you were on tranquilizers or whatever it happens to yeah. be, if, uh, you know, if it's a heavy tranquilizer, yeah. I don't know that you can be working heavy equipment then either. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think, I don't think it's significantly different. No, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, you know, Opioids or steroid, whatever, whatever the drug is. I mean, you know, it's written right there. Don't operate right. heavy machinery. Right. You know. Uh, so I guess it holds true in all cases. Yes. You know. Um, what do you think, from a, a business perspective, someone that's coming to you, and and they have questions, and, and and maybe you can, maybe you can't answer. But what do you think the biggest risk for these people is if they don't? either reach out or decide to do something? Well, I mean, I think you've alluded to it already. I mean, you'll have a host of one-off issues mm -hmm. um, and you need to be fair to your employees. Mm -hmm. And you're not fair when, you know, you're, you have one rule for a manager, one yeah, rule right. for an employee, one rule for someone who works from home, one rule that, you know, for someone that, that works um, at a desk in the office, one rule for someone who, mm -hmm. you know, drives around the, you know, the province or the state. So, you know, you need to have, you need to have that consistent, yeah. that consistent rule base, that policy. Um, you know, I, I don't think I can overstate it enough. I know I'm repeating myself to some extent, but you really need to have that policy in place mm -hmm. um, so that people won't be... You know, you don't want to settle on the spur of the moment or the particular incident that happens and say, we're going to make the rule based on this. Much better to do it in the cold light of day yeah. in September, uh, <laughs> yeah. be, you know, before before yeah. October 17th <clears throat> takes place. Not to say you may have to change it. You may have to change it. Sure. Um, and, you know, you may learn along the way that there are changes that need to be made. Uh, but, uh, but, but I think starting with a policy, even if you just, you know, sit down with your employees and say, let's talk this out. You know, what, yeah. what do you, you know, what do you think what do you is think fair? We need, yeah. yeah. We think we need a policy. Do you think we should be, you know, smoking if that's the, if that's how it's, you know, if that's how the product is ingested yeah. at lunch and the employees may say, no, we don't think, you know, we don't think it's right. Um, and part of the reason maybe they don't want the work, you know, uh, additional work from somebody who's unable to do that work for the afternoon, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with talking that through with your employees. If you have a small shop, um, if you don't, then get a group together, um, perhaps a representative group from the organization and, and have that conversation or, or put something in front of them and get their feedback. Yeah. Um, I think it's much better to do that. This is new ground. Yeah. Um, and, and I think new ground needs to be explored with the group rather than just assigning hmm. this is what we're going to do because it does a little heavy-handed. I love that. I, I love the idea of getting the employees involved. It's the first time I've kind of had that discussion <clears throat> about asking people what they think. I mean, I guess you, in the worst case scenario is I could really go sideways. We don't need a policy. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just do what we want. <laughs> but I, you know, I think in general, people understand the importance of some form of uh, guidelines, I guess, for, for how and when, right. you know, it can be used. Um, this is a funny thought. Uh, I mean, I, I know I know that as the chamber, 
part of your agenda is to recruit members. Right. And I can't help but wonder if the chamber being seen as, you know, the voice or the first voice or having a voice for that matter in the cannabis space. Um, I mean, first of all, for the brand, I think it's helpful. You kind of alluded to that earlier. I think doing that event was, was, um, probably something I wouldn't have thought that the chamber would have done five years ago. I mean, I agree with your, your statement about the perception of the chamber, although it's changing. It is changing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I think this event and, and, and ongoing events is, is probably going to be part of that. Do you think that this might be good for chamber membership? I mean, would people go, oh, these guys, look what they're doing now. Like, maybe we should be talking to these guys, you know? Um, I think it's going to be good for chamber membership because I think there's going to be more businesses. Uh, oh, that are, we need that, to talk about that. That are entering yeah. the market for sure. um, in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, right now mm. we've got larger organizations that are producing the product. And to date, you know, it's, or I shouldn't say to date. In October, it will be distributed by uh, a monopoly yes. um, in this in this location. In this province, yeah. uh, but but I mean, in Alberta <clears throat> and eventually in Ontario, this will you know this will be distributed by private retailers, uh, or at least that's what they're saying today. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if that's the case, I think that's more opportunity. There's also. Yeah, what we used to call in the olden days paraphernalia. Uh, so there'll likely be additional paraphernalia available. So whether that's pipes or whether that's, you know, goodness knows, whatever vaporizers, it whatever it happens yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll likely be an opportunity for people to do that. And then once it gets to edibles, frankly, the, the gates are, I think, wide open yeah. in terms of, well, mm -hmm. who's going to produce what and how are they going to do it? Um, I mean, and, and I don't know the number of products that are for sale at the at the our local liquor monopoly today, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's call it yeah. two or three thousand. I mean, if there's two, there's probably more than that. But if there's two or three thousand SKUs in, out there now, yeah. I suspect there could be that many edible products. Sure, and they've got to be sold somewhere. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, and it's beyond. I mean, I think if you think about once you start thinking about the peripheral uh, businesses. That's anything from soil to right. pots to lighting to, I mean, you know, because you can grow at home. Right. I don't know how many people are going to take advantage of that. But what about courses? People that open up a business to teach you how to do it. That's true. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. But, but you could benefit from all of the additional uh, new business that, that uh, pops up as a result of this. What about the... I know that part of the benefit of being a member of the chamber is the is the uh, the cost related to group insurance, uh, auto insurance, and things like that. Do you see those parts of the business being affected? I mean, I, I would imagine that group insurance. Like, what about um, and and maybe you don't know the answer to this. It, it, I'm digging pretty deep here, but you know, group insurance that's going to cover now the cost of medicinal marijuana prescriptions. Have you yet had to encounter any of that? Well, I mean, we are the reseller. So, I mean, we don't get involved in the sale, right. or the, you know, the, the underwriting, if you can call it that. But I can tell you when we speak to insurance companies who are our members, they don't have any idea where this no. is going at this point. No. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that medicinal marijuana will be something that will be covered in the short term. I, I mm -hmm. really don't. And, and that perhaps this is a per personal opinion. Perhaps I don't know the, the medicine attached to it yet. Um, but, but if you speak to the insurance companies, they would say that they need 
proof of performance and all of those kinds of things. So there yeah, needs yeah, to be a yeah. lot more testing on medicine. Yeah. Um, I think the other question is, well, what happens if someone's impaired, uh, you know, and, and insurance or um, or has an accident while they're impaired? You know, I think those are open questions. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that insurance well, companies have those uh, have those you know, those answers as of yet. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're right. I mean, we offer many of those products. Yeah. The insurance companies, if they don't know now, they will need to know yeah. pretty darn soon Yeah. Uh, what the answers to those uh, are yeah, going to be. It's tricky for sure. I mean, I, I've heard circumstances where people have been able to claim uh, the, res- the cost of their prescription Uh, for certain providers, not others. I mean, I think that everyone's just trying to, you know, figure it out (laughs) like the rest of us are. Um, uh, Back to the things that you provide for a second. And and, uh, I know that you provide in various forms content for members. So sometimes that content is in the form of an event. Sometimes it is in in the form of a newsletter. Um, And right now, what I know is that there is a policy for lack of a better term particularly on social media and when it comes to advertising you know you can't advertise uh this you can't talk about cannabis on on uh, some social media platforms i know that they've they've removed we've heard stories of, of videos being removed or content being removed because it's apparently promoting cannabis have you run into any issues as the chamber like for example if you're promoting an event about a cannabis conversation uh have you have you encountered any issues there related to promoting that event or in anything related to that? Not that I'm aware of at all. Mm-hmm. Um, although now that you mention it, maybe we could have had 500 people at the event. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I yeah. uh, you know, I I don't think so. I mean, we're we're in our case, we're promoting a conversation. We were promoting a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't promoting the uh, you know the consumption uh, of a particular product. But yeah. you know, we're a media company at the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. We have we have a magazine. We have a newsletter. We have a uh, we have a. Um, what else do we have? Well, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have yeah. uh, we have a print publication that goes in uh, thirty or forty thousand uh, newspapers on a uh, on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will put in content for sure that relates to cannabis. It's unlikely that we'll put it in advocating for the consumption of cannabis, right? Right. But but we'll put it in educating employers about their responsibilities, the opportunities around cannabis mm-hmm. um, for small businesses, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new category. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we could we could wait or we could be that new chamber that we are. Yeah. Uh, and we provide that great and provide that great information to help businesses grow their top line. Yeah. Um, and through the insurances, you know, manage their expenses to get a better, better bottom line. Better right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I just never know. Right. Like, I never know what's going to show up or where, where things are going to go, which gets me to this next thought. And this may seem completely unrelated, but it isn't. Uh, you and I first met when you were the CEO of Nova Scotia Tourism. And I had a conversation with some folks in Amsterdam a couple of months ago. You know, and I'm, Amsterdam was at one point, and, and I guess for many kind of still is, a, a tourism destination in part you know, because of what people think is the law around cannabis use, and and we can get into that, but it's very different than what I what I thought. Right. Um, and I spoke to someone there who made a joke about wanting to visit Canada, 
uh, because of what's happening with the legalization. So as a CEO of Tourism Nova Scotia, someone who has spent a couple of years really thinking about how to attract tourism, do you think that the cannabis thing is going to have any impact on tourism? Well, I mean, first let's point out I was the CEO of tourism. Not, is that not what I not, said? Well, you, you kind of alluded that I may still be, and I'm not. Oh, no, no, you're I'm not. not. You're I'm not. 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 Let's make that clear. Uh, let's yeah. make that clear. Uh, so these opinions are my own. Uh, um, no, I, I am sure that there will be people who will um, who will enjoy the product when they come to Canada. Sure. Do I think this is going to be a huge motivator for you know sort of 10 million Americans to cross the border? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that they're going to come for they're going to come for the seventy two hundred kilometers of coastline that we oh, have in Nova Scotia. <laughs> See, I'm starting to do the, the, the tourism. Left. Yeah, I haven't left. left. <laughs> starting to do the tourism cell. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, it. You know, Nova Scotia is a spectacular place to visit. Mm-hmm. Canada is a great place to visit. Um, and I'm sure there will be people who will cross from Buffalo to St. Catharines. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be people who cross from Seattle to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, and will partake um, in the uh, in the product when they're here, but yeah. but I I don't think they want to tell anybody when they're crossing the border the other way. No, I guess not uh, uh, that uh, <laughs> that they did uh, or yeah. they uh, or the, when they're heading to Canada. I'm not that sure we even, can tell anyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that they're even thinking about it um, yeah. because I think the United States federally mm-hmm. is still taking a very dim view mm-hmm. uh, of uh, of this. You know, there are other more enlightened yeah. uh, locations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, perhaps you know the Netherlands, maybe, but right. uh, you know, and maybe some other countries. And, and I think Canada, to some extent, is leading the way. I mean, we know—I I shouldn't say we—the stock market is telling us mm-hmm. that this is going to continue to grow, and it's going to grow right across the world. Yeah. Um, because you wouldn't get a company like Constellation Brands yeah. investing billions of dollars. Five billion. Five billion dollars mm-hmm. in in a cannabis company in Canada to sell in Canada. I don't think that's For happening. For a 37% stake. Right. If that's what five billion gets you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> How big is it? Right. So yeah. I, I think they're investing because they think this is going to be a yeah. worldwide phenomena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people are looking at at cannabis and saying, this is something that we've, you know, we've we've tried to uh, erase. Is is that a good way to put? Yeah, That's I know, I know what you're it. saying. Yeah. We tried to make this go away for a very very long time. It's yeah. not going away, and perhaps to some extent, it's the lesser of many other evils. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you know, let's 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 take advantage uh, of this uh, of this time that Canada is going to have. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we're going to be in this game alone for a really long time. Yeah, that, you know, that's a really good point. And I only started thinking about that recently because I've sort of been uh, priding, uh, I was going to say myself, but I don't think that's right. I, I've been feeling pride for the country because of the leadership role that we're about to play in what's happening. But, you know, you see the the U.S., I mean, I got to believe eventually the U.S. is going to come around. I mean, state by state, you're starting to see it happen. Eventually that will change. Um, And and there will be a time when all of a sudden, you know, there are a lot more. For a short amount of time, we will be the largest country on planet Earth with a uh, regulated, legalized product in the way that we're about to do that. We will become the ones everyone else looks to to go, how did you do it? Right, and I hope they don't ask for a while because we don't know yet, right? <laughs> but um, but you make a good point. I mean, I I think it's it's you, you you've I've forgotten what we were just talking about because you've once again reminded me about how significant what's happening really is, 
and uh, and I'm I'm reminded of this every time we have one of these chats. It's crazy. And on that note, what is the thing that surprises you most about this? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I, I think what surprises me most is the speed mm-hmm. at, at which this is occurring. Uh, yeah. um, it it seemed like a long time uh, when you know it was announced a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and now you know we're a month away, a month or a little away. more than a month away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still think there's, I do think there's a lot of unanswered questions. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, you know that's what surprises me most. I mean, it's it's going to happen. There'll be a lot of learning. And I think to get back to the earlier comment, I think Canada has a lot of opportunity to leverage this learning mm-hmm. worldwide mm-hmm. in the uh, in the coming years. Sure. Um, and I and frankly, that didn't occur to me. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a complete surprise. Um, you know, when you start to hear about Diageo looking and you constellation yeah. brands and all these I mean that again would never have occurred to me. Yeah. Uh, that there would be people that would be that interested in what are now not so little Canadian companies. You know, it's funny though, even that Constellation thing, um, I was surprised a little bit by how long it took them to dive in so heavily. Right. I mean, on the one hand, I was surprised, but on the other hand, I wasn't. So I'll talk out of both sides of my face now. But I guess what's funny to me was it was like this confirmation when those brands go, wait a minute, shit's really going down here and we need to be a part of this. It's almost like validation. Like this isn't made up. You know? Well, I think it's validation, but I also think it's fear. Yeah, uh, you they know, could be left out. I th- well, I think they could be left out, but they also don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, somebody used to pick up a six pack mm-hmm. on on a Friday night, and maybe that could last them all weekend. It probably couldn't last me all weekend, but maybe it could. <laughs> maybe it could last them all weekend. Yeah. You know, what would they replace that with, and what's the price point? You know, yeah. and I'm, maybe I'm getting a little too technical, but you know, if if a if a six pack of beer is fifteen dollars, yeah, in this market, um, you know, what's it, what's it going to cost for a product that can provide you with the same level of satisfaction? Right. If I could put it that way, yeah. Um, will it be more or less than fifteen dollars? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it could be less. Yeah. Um, and that could have a significant impact on alcohol producers yeah, around the world. There's been some discussion about that, and I'm sure that these guys are looking at that, thinking the same thing. Yeah. And Tim and I talked about that from the NSLC and, and the impact on alcohol sales. Uh, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen. It d- absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, what do you think it's going to look like a year from now? Um. I think I think to some extent it will have calmed down a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I think the product will be will be sold. We'll be talking a year from now about the impending uh, or the looming sale of of edibles. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be looming in a year. To be honest, I think it'll. I think it could take be longer, longer than that. Yeah. I, I really do because yeah. it's much more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could take a little while longer. But I think we'll be talking about that. Um, I think we'll you know in in some markets. I mean, there's only going to be twelve distribution centers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this market, I believe it's around 12, um, might be slightly more now, um, but you can get it online. I, I, I think demand will outstrip those 12 locations. Yeah. And I think there will be more locations. For sure. Um, yeah. I think there'll be more locations that will sell a little bit um, rather than a few locations that will sell a lot um, because I think it's just wide, more widely distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be an open book. Uh, or maybe that's the wrong term. It's going to be, it's still very wide open. Yeah. Um, it's still going to be, um, you know, the questions are as yet unanswered. Yeah. 
you know, we'll see in January. I think we'll have a better sense in January, yeah, you know, sure. what's happening. Um, you know, is this going to be, is there going to be a huge rush to consume this product? There may not be. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, um, we're intending, whether or not we do it, we're intending to do a little bit of something on, on opening day. And, right. and part of that is to is just to get down there and see what, is there going to be lineups? Right. I mean, I, I, I think there will be. Uh, you know, are they going to be lineups filled with people that have their hoods over their head? They're afraid to be seen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But but I, I tell you, the moment became really real for me a few weeks ago. I guess it was, I don't know how long ago it was now. But uh, when we had a chance to go down and see the store and and you walk in there and you see it, you know, there's a sign that says cannabis. There's a whole space dedicated to it. I was in New Brunswick a few weeks ago and saw the separate stores. It's yeah. built. It's real. Yeah. You know, and it's... I, as much as we've been talking about this, it's still hard to sort of grasp until you stand in that space and you go, holy shit, this is actually happening. Uh, yep. And nobody really knows. And we're all just figuring it, figuring it out as we go. So we'll see. It'll be exciting. No matter <laughs> what happens, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Pat, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, it's uh, been a pleasure. It's always been sure. great to talk to you. And uh, I love what you're doing at the Chamber. You know, uh, keep keep it up and uh, look forward to the next event. That's great. Well, thank you very much okay. for having me. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed that chat with Pat. Um, I love his his approach to things, and and more importantly, his sort of agenda to to help p- people understand that the chamber is there and they're there for different reasons than maybe we thought they were there before. And and, and certainly their entry into the cannabis space is uh, is good evidence of that. A couple of points that Pat made that I I quite enjoyed. Um, and thought were were relevant, you know, this idea that there's going to be lots to deal with as it's, it almost seems like the further that we get in, in legalization and answering questions that it does um, create more questions. But I don't know that there could be any other way, frankly. I think, I think that we just have to start and, and be okay with the idea that maybe we're not going to get it right out of the gate. This is something we've talked about before. And it's just a theme that continues to, um, to show up. We need to take Pat's advice. You know, if you're, if you're an employer listening to this and you don't have a policy in place, you need to get a policy in place. And I, I loved the idea of getting the employees involved in creating that policy. Now that's not going to work. You know, if you have 70, 75 people in your, in your agency or your agencies, excuse me, in your business, but certainly if you have a, a smaller size business and, and can facilitate that kind of discussion, Maybe not a bad idea to get employees to have their say in what that policy could look like. Uh, I, I can't ignore the idea that there will be more businesses. I was kind of joking with the question about membership going going up in the chamber, but the joke turned out not to be funny. <laughs> I mean, Pat's response to that was, well, I actually do think uh, the membership will go up because there's going to be more business. And it's once again, another reminder of the the impact of what's about to happen in the country. And and again, something else we we touched on, Canada's leading the way for how long we don't know. Um and and that remains to be seen. And I have to agree with with Pat's thought on the most surprising aspect of things. It's something that's been touched on uh, in previous conversations and that is the notion of the speed at which this is going. Um some might argue that if it was slower, we could figure out all the gaps. And I'm not necessarily convinced that that's true. If we went slower, we'd just answer the questions slower. So now we have to answer the questions faster and, and it seems to be happening. So I suppose we'll see. A year from now, 
who knows? The edibles keep coming up. Um, and, and I suppose we'll see where that goes. So I appreciate Pat coming in the Chamber of Commerce. If you do have questions, if you're a small business and you're curious about your policy or what you might need to do, uh, feel free to reach out to, to the Halifax Chamber of Commerce or wherever you might be listening to your own chamber uh, is probably a good place to start if you're curious about uh, your own workplace policy. You're listening to Turning a New Leaf, produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. We'll talk to you again soon. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.